Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. So we're talking about uh, choices uh, in this kind of series. And, um, you know, in life, you get that moment where you've got a choice of one or the other. And it's like you've got to choose one of them. So it's like, would you rather this or that? And just have a little bit of fun. We're going to play a little bit of game of would you rather this morning, okay? So I want some audience participation. And hey, if you're online, I'd like you to choose as well and write a comment in the chat. Or if you're in Clibbery, I can see through the camera and I can see you. No, I can't. That's a bit spooky. But I'm just, I want you to lean in and, and, and go with us. So, too hot or too cold? Too hot or too cold? You've got to choose one or the other. So there's a few of you there. I am not making, I am making a decision that I am not taking part. There you go, knock yourself out. Okay, so here's another one. Uh, 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? 10 minutes late, 20 minutes early is the correct answer. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, um, okay here we go. Um, six months with a mullet or a perm or six months completely bald? Mullet or a perm? Phil Bamba, come on, every time. Completely bald. Oh, interesting, interesting. That was like split down the room here. Okay, work overtime with an annoying boss or spend a day with your mother-in-law. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. All of our staff, all of our staff immediately were looking for their mother-in-law because they don't want to spend any time. I'm not going to vote on that one. Here's one I am going to vote on. Criticised or ignored? Criticised or ignored. Interesting. And it's interesting with our choices. It's interesting with our choices. Where do our choices come from? Where do our would your rathers come from? What stimulates our choices? I love this quote from Nelson Mandela when he says this, may your choices reflect your hopes and not your fears. Do you know that the most searched for word in 2023 on the Bible app was hope. And the most searched for Bible verse on the Bible app, which is a global kind of thing, millions and millions of people have downloaded that, was Isaiah 41 verse 10, which says, Do not fear, for I am the Lord your God. And there's like a connection between hopes and fears. And I think what Nelson Mandela's got at here is so important that we all make choices But what stimulates or originates those choices? What motivates those choices? Is it our hopes of what we want to be or is it our fears? Because if it's our fears, it's kind of from a negative point of view. But if it's our hopes, it's on the front foot and it's positive. And I want to encourage you and we want to invite you in these weeks to make some choices based not on your fears, but on your hopes. And I want to credit this series. This series is not original to us. It was first done by Life Church and Craig Grishel, and he gives these things away free to the world. So we're not nicking it. Uh, we do that uh, from time to time, as well as originate our own stuff. And what's great as well is many other churches are using our stuff as well, because basically it's from the Bible, so it's got no copyright. And we just want to get it out there because it's really, really good stuff. So I want to credit that. So I'm using some of his material and some of my own today as well. And last week, Reed, who did great, from America. Uh, what a great guy. And uh, he, he kicked us off by looking at this choice to choose discipline over regret. Not out of fear, but out of a hope to choose discipline over regret. And so today, our second choice, we wanna, I want to invite you to choose purpose over 
popularity, to choose purpose over popularity. So can you imagine a world where everyone likes you? Nay, loves you. Can you imagine that? Where everyone applauds everything you do and approves of everything you say. Can you imagine a world like that? Of course you can't because it doesn't exist. It can't ever exist. And yet we live like it doesn't exist. So we post on social media our best side, not our worst side. Or we occasionally post our worst side, but we do it to try and draw in approval and get people to feel sorry for us. And so we scroll through social media looking for likes and followers because we want to appease people and we want to please people. But you know, we can live for the applause of many or we can live for the purpose of pleasing just one. And that one, can I say, and this is going to be controversial, is not you. So the be yourself, you are enough, you be you movement resonates, but doesn't actually work or deliver. It was never meant to. We were never created like that. You see, here's the reality. Every single day, we get to choose whether we live for the applause of many or whether we live for the applause of just one. You see, here's the truth. Living for the approval of others can keep you from living for the purposes of God. Living for the approval of others can keep you from living for the purposes of God. And I want to speak to those of you who are Jesus followers this year. And I want to encourage you and invite you out of your hope, not your fear, to choose purpose this year over popularity. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you to think about what a life could look like if you chose to live before this audience of one rather than the approval of everybody else. You see, when you don't know the purpose of something, you can misuse it, right? And I did a little bit of research on this to, to see whether you know the purpose of different things, everyday things. So this, for instance, our first one here. Do you know the purpose of the can opener? Yes, it is to get into the can, but actually, if you open a can lid and turn it around, it provides a perfect holder for your straw. That's how it was designed. Maybe some of you didn't know that. What about this second one? On the letters F and J on your keyboard are a little indentation, a little ridge. Did you know that? The purpose of that why is that there? It's there for those people who touch type so they know where it is. Now, when I touch type, I touch very heavily with one finger. Okay, that's my touch typing. But for those of you that kind of do all this, my wife was trained in touch typing. That little indentation on those two keys actually help you to know where, the keyboard, where you are on the keyboard. How about this one? Straps on a boot. Maybe to pull your boot up. Actually, that's not the purpose that they are there for. They're there to hang up your boot when it's wet so that it dries better. There you go. Got that for free. What about this one? A pen top with a hole in the pen top. Do you know why the hole's there? No, it's not just a whistle. It's so that if your little one swallows a pen top, at least there's a kind of a gap in there. It's going to help them, okay? So it's a survival thing. And this is my favourite one, the fifth one. The pom-pom on the top of a beanie hat is not a fashion statement. Originally, it was sailors that wore beanie hats and they put the pom-pom on because they kept banging their head against the rigging, especially in storms. That's why the pom-pom's on your beanie hat. There's a purpose for things. There's a purpose and when we don't know the purpose, it's really easy to misuse. I want to say something to you today. We, you, I, we were made on purpose for a purpose. You are not an accident. And you might say, yeah, 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 but you don't know the circumstances of my birth. And that's true. I don't know the circumstances of your birth. 
And you might think, yeah, but, but it wasn't meant to be. Well, it might not have been meant to be from your perspective, but God is so much bigger than all that. We are made on purpose for a purpose. And you and I get to choose every single day whether we are going to live on purpose for a purpose or whether we're just going to try and appease everyone else. You see, you are not a cat. You see, a cat has nine lives, right? That's what they say about cats. In fact, talking about cats and, and dogs, I was scrolling through social media this week, not looking hopefully for approval, but I was just scrolling through and I saw this really funny thing. And this is about dogs. Any dog lovers in the house or online today? Yeah, and it's great and you should try this. He says, how do you know whether your dog or your spouse loves you the most? He says this, why don't you lock them both in a cupboard for the day? and see who greets you the best at the end of the day. Brilliant. I think you should try that out, definitely. See who comes bounding out of the wardrobe and who comes raging out of the wardrobe. Okay. But you know, you're not a dog and you're not a cat. And a cat has nine lives. And if you've ever seen the, uh, the, the Disney Pixar film, Puss in Boots, a great film, took the kids and the grandkids, or the kids, uh, Simeon, to see that. There's a great line where Puss in Boots says, when you only have one life, that's what makes it special. So you and I only have one life. That's what makes it special. And I wanna look at a guy in the Bible who had one life and he lived an incredibly special life. And he's a guy that many of you will have heard about. His name is Moses. And he's in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. You may have seen the film Prince of Egypt, or you've heard something maybe around Moses. And let me give you a little bit of background because even though he's from the Old Testament, we're gonna read some bits about him from the New Testament, from the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews was written, we don't quite know who wrote it, but it, they wrote it to a group of people that were following Jesus in a very difficult circumstance, very difficult. It was persecution, it was pressure, it was chaos, it was tough. And so the writer of Hebrews is reminding these people of those who'd gone on before and how they chose to live with purpose when they could have lived for popularity. And so Moses is, is a Hebrew, he's a Jew, and, uh, but he's brought up in the court of the Pharaoh in Egypt. So he's actually brought up with comfort and popularity, but he chooses discomfort and purpose. So even though he has comfort and popularity, which are good things, he chooses intentionally discomfort and purpose. And so we go to Hebrews chapter 11, and this is what it says, amazing, amazing verses. By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value, we're gonna come back to that phrase, than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Let me just dig into some of those words a little bit. The Bible says here that he refused and that the original word means to deny. It's like I'm choosing, I'm making a willful decision not to do that. And you know, you and I, if we wanna say yes to some things, have gotta say no to others, right? You can't just keep saying yes to everything because eventually some of your yeses are gonna be a no to something else. And then he says he chose. And I love the original word because the original word is, is, the, is, is a word called hairio. And I love that word because it's like, it's really hairy, isn't it? Just to make these kind of tough choices. I mean, he had comfort and popularity, but he chose discomfort 
and purpose. And why did he do that? Because what was popular and comfortable, the Bible says, he thought that's fleeting. In other words, it's temporary. It's a limited opportunity. So you have chosen, you can choose to do something that's limited, that's temporary, and that can affect you for the rest of your life. That's why people choose to, to do certain things and you think, how did you, why did you do that? You know, how did you blow up your marriage like that? How did you blow up your reputation? You did it because what you chose was a fleeting, temporary thing, and yet it had long-lasting ramifications and consequences. And, he, and it says, the Bible says, he did all that because he saw greater value. It's not that he didn't see value in some of these things, but he saw something that was of greater value. And we'll come back to that. And then he says, and he did that because he was looking ahead to his reward. And that word ahead is like the idea of the finish line for a runner. And Reed did a great job last Sunday at talking about that, that we run the race because we're looking ahead for the reward. And that word reward, I want to dwell on this because this is important. That word reward literally means compensation. So it's like you and I who are running this race, when we choose purpose every single day over popularity, there's a reward ahead for you. Parents, there's a reward coming for you. When your kids are tearing your hair out, literally at times, or when you don't know what to do, because they're bigger kids now, they're older kids now, but they're still making decisions which break your heart every single day. There is a reward coming for you. Those of you who are carers, who are caring for, for children or for people with learning disability or you're caring for people with dementia or you're caring for people who are sick. And I'm aware there's so many people in our church community and connected to us right now who are really, really sick who are really ill. And when you're caring for someone, it's so, so hard. We're aware in our own lives with, with Simeon and we had a great Christmas and a horrendous last couple of weeks. Because after Christmas, Simeon kind of imploded a little bit and he had such a great Christmas that he's, he struggled to get transition beyond that and hurt himself quite badly. And, and we find ourselves being pulled back into spaces that we've been in many times in our life. And it can feel, we say it this way, like there's a soundtrack of grief underneath our life. And sometimes that soundtrack is quiet and sometimes it's really loud. Many of you know what I'm talking about because you've got that soundtrack of grief as well. You've got that soundtrack of pain because you're a carer or you're a mourner or you're a struggler. Listen, there is a reward coming for you. And the reward coming for you is that there is gonna be a moment ahead when God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. God will put right every wrong and every injustice and there will be a compensation for you. And so because of that, we choose purpose over popularity right? Even though comfort and, and popularity is so appealing, discomfort and purpose is so hard, it's worth it every single time. So I want to give you three things today and then I want to encourage you and invite you at the start of this year to choose purpose over popularity. Three things of how we can do that and why we should do that. Number one, purpose focuses you. What purpose does is it diminishes distractions away from you. You see, here's the thing, popularity pulls us away from what's really important. And so what we do, especially with comparison, and so we look at our phones, well, they're doing that, and she's got that, and he's got that, and they're going there, and he's eating that, and we all do it, I do it, and we do it. And what it does is it pulls you away 
and it distracts you from what you should be doing. There's another character in the Old Testament of the Bible, first part of the Bible called Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is rebuilding the city of Jerusalem, which has been destroyed. Uh, People are away in in exile and, and he's doing it because he loves God. And he's building a wall to eventually to rebuild a city and to give God glory and to provide for the city and for the people. And he's criticised a lot. You're always going to be criticised when you're doing something worthwhile. You know that, don't you? If you're not criticised, you're probably not doing anything worthwhile. So let me just put that out there. Anyway, he's criticised continually. And in one of the chapters, it says that they came to criticise him and they asked him to come down from the wall. And he says, I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work. And that kind of spirit is what you and I need in 2024, where we say, I can't come down to you because I'm doing something great. I'm doing something of purpose, which is worthy. You see, when you choose purpose over popularity, it brings focus and it eliminates distractions. So when someone says, why are you always bringing your lunch into work? Why are you making your own lunch and bring it in? You say, well, because I'm trying to get out of debt or I'm trying to save money for something. So by taking a little bit of extra time and preparing my lunch, I'm saving about three quid every day, which is 60 pounds a month, which is almost 700 pounds a year. So I can't be pulled down because I'm doing a great work. Or when you are trying to keep yourself sexually pure till you get married, that's a little bit radical, isn't it? What you're doing is you're choosing purpose over what's popular. You are choosing to do that. And you're saying, the reason I'm doing that is I am investing into a good work, which is to keep my body, which God has given me, and is a temple of the Holy Spirit, pure as God instructs me to do that. And because every time I don't do that, I don't just give my body away to other people, but I give way beyond what I think. And when you choose purpose over popularity, it focuses you and diminishes those distractions. I'm going to just say an aside on this. We're going to be investing into relationships a lot this year. We've not invested in a way that we should have done in terms of pre-marriage and in terms of marriage investment. And in 2024, we are going to change that. So can I just say that for those of you that are thinking about getting married, which is great and exciting, don't just plan your wedding come talk to us and say, hey, would you help us invest in that? And what we're going to do is we're going to give content and give environments where we can invest in that journey of pre-marriage preparation. Because most people these days plan a wedding, they don't ever plan a marriage. And a wedding is a day that will come and go and will cost you thousands. A marriage is something that can honour God and can save you a heck of a lot of tragedy and heartache and pain in the future. So I want to say, have a great wedding day. Brilliant. But don't invest everything into a wedding day. Invest all you've got into a marriage. Because that's the thing that's purpose over popularity. And I love that about Moses. And well, maybe you're saying, yeah, well, for me, I'm giving financially to God. Even though other people might say to me, why are you doing that? What could you do with all that money? You say, yeah, yeah, you're pulling me down. You're pulling me down. I haven't got time to come down to you because I'm doing a great work because I'm honouring God with what He's given to me because I am choosing purpose over popularity. And what you'll find is an aggregation of small decisions compounded over time will change the direction and the destination of your life. That was a big sentence, okay? Let me break it down for you. Basically, an aggregation of small decisions and choices compounded over time will change the direction and the destination of your life. I hate the gym, okay? I don't ever want to go to the gym. 
I don't particularly enjoy going to the gym. I go to the gym because I know that by doing that on a regular basis, those decisions over time will help me, hopefully, to stay a little bit fitter. And I'm doing that for purpose because I want to be around as long as I can. And I want to be as fit as I can. And by being in soft play yesterday with my granddaughter, I need to do it even more and more and more, okay? Looking around saying, I am the oldest person in soft play by decades, okay? And I'm doing that because I want to be there and available. I don't want to do it sometimes. I don't like doing it, but I'm choosing purpose. And I want to encourage you and invite you to do the same. Number two, purpose pushes you through the pain. Purpose pushes you through the pain. And we all know that from the world of childbirth, don't we? You know, I remember in 1992 when, when I was there at the uh, maternity hospital at QE with my wife uh, and uh, she's screaming and clutching my hand and squeezing the life out of my hand and saying things to me that I won't repeat online uh, or in the room, like, you're never coming near me again. And then all these moments as our first child is coming into the world. And so the midwife comes in and she says, oh, you're in pain. Do you need some gas and air? And I says, absolutely I do. Come on. She says, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your wife. And you'll know that joy then of childbirth. Purpose pushes you through the pain, Right? Purpose pushes you through the pain. Something happened to me in the middle of last year, and I want to be honest and vulnerable with you guys. This is our family. Uh, and to say that in the middle of last year, uh, I had a very, for me, leadership uh, challenging moment. There was something in the life of the church that we needed to make a decision on, a big thing. And I was struggling to make this decision. And can I just say to you, big decisions in this church are never made by just me. They're always made in the context of team, our staff team, our elders, in, uh, always. But sometimes I need to know what God is saying and bring that into the conversation. Actually, in this instance, others in the team had already made the decision and I was the one struggling to make the decision. And it, was, it came to a head last summer and the decision was painful to make. I knew deep down it was the right decision. But I was just, there was something going on. I didn't know what it was. And so I phoned a friend of mine in America uh, who's a bit of a, a kind of friend and a bit of a mentor. And I said, hey, here's the situation. I explained the situation. He listened really well for ages. I explained the situation. I said, so what do you think? He said, I'm, I said, I'm going away, retreat day. I want to hear God. I want God to give me that decision. What do you think? And he said this to me, Leon, what decision would you make if you didn't care about your reputation? And I, said, I thought, do you know what I'm going to make? I'm never going to phone you again. Because <laughs> that's such an insightful question. <laughs> because what he got at was the real issue for me was I didn't want to be unpopular. I didn't want to hurt people. I didn't want to offend people. I, I didn't want my reputation to be tarnished. I didn't want to appear like a failure. And when we did make that decision, I was accused of lots of things. People did think that we'd messed up. People did all of a sudden criticise me and that's fine. But I had to say, I have to choose purpose over popularity. Not that I want to intentionally hurt anybody. We never want to do that. But if we know this is God's best decision, we have to choose that over popularity, over reputation. Purpose pushes you through the pain. What pain are you going through right now? I don't know what pain you're going through, but I do know that purpose can help push you through that pain. And then finally, purpose empowers you to please God. You know, in the story of Moses, when, when Moses accepts the, the, this decision to, to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, Pharaoh turns against him. 
So he's brought up in the, in the court of Pharaoh uh, uh, with the daughter of Pharaoh, but Pharaoh turns against him. But purpose empowered Moses for that challenge. And then when he leads the people of Israel out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, into the wilderness, I mean, read the Bible. It's like for years, they're moaning, they're complaining, they're whining, they're so ungrateful. Purpose empowers him to, to serve God. And there's a moment when Moses stands before, between God and the people. Because even God had had enough of the people's moaning and whining. And, the, and God was saying, let me out them. I want to wipe them all out. They're so annoying. Nobody's ever felt like that as a church leader, okay? Yes, they have. They really have. And, uh, and Moses stands in between God and the people. He says, no, 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 God, you're not going to touch them. So Moses stands up to God and pushes back at God because that's what purpose does. Purpose empowers you to do things that you cannot do under your own energy and strength. And so when you choose purpose every single day, not only, not only does it focus you and diminish distractions, not only does it push you through pain, but it empowers you to serve God supernaturally. You know, we can't please everyone, but we can please God. We can be others-minded and be God-centred at the same time. The early church had a moment when um, they were talking to everyone about Jesus and, and then the, the, the Jewish leaders got them together and threatened them saying, you better stop right now or bad things are gonna happen to you. And it says in Acts chapter five, verse 29, Peter says this, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. Because we've got to choose purpose over popularity. That's a really easy thing to say and a really difficult thing to do. But I want you to know, guys, we can't please everyone, but we can please God. Let's go back to Moses just for a moment as we come into land. Back to the verse that I just read earlier on, verse 26. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ. Now, bear in mind, Moses didn't really know about Christ as such because this is Old Testament. So this is where the New Testament links it up, okay? His faith in God is actually a choice for Jesus. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of, and this is the phrase, greater value, greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead, like we talked about, to his reward, to his compensation. So let me just break this down for you a little bit. Okay, there is value in being liked by people. Next slide, please, Olga. There is value in being liked by people. There really is. But there's greater value in being loved by God. Now, can I just clear something up? I'm not, I've heard people say this recently. I don't care what everyone else thinks. I'm here for God. Listen, there is value in being liked by people. This is not an excuse to be a right idiot. This is not an excuse to be obnoxious. This is not an excuse to be rude. This is not an excuse to be unloving. There is value in being liked by people, but there's greater value in being loved by God. Next one, there is value in having friends, having fun with friends. There really is. I love that. There's greater value in being faithful to God. There is value in starting something important. There's greater value in finishing something important. How many of us need to hear that today? There's value in starting something important. There's greater value in finishing something important. There is value in comfort, there really is. But there's greater value in character. And it's often in our discomfort that God is producing that character that honours God. There is value in being popular. There is greater value in serving God's purposes. So I want to invite you today at the start of 24, and we won't be able to say that for very much longer, but we can say it in January. I want to invite you to choose 
purpose over popularity. I wanna invite you, if you're a follower of Jesus, to make a decision that maybe you say, yeah, I am a follower of Jesus, but, but I've kind of let go of purpose and I've been swayed much more by popularity and I value the approval of others. What will my mates think of me if I do this? What will my friends think of me at work? What will my family think of me if I make that decision? And I wanna invite you to choose purpose over popularity. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I wanna invite you into that decision to choose the purpose that you were created for, which is to love God and to, and, and to serve His purposes. That's why you were created, on purpose for a purpose. You know, there's, a, there's an old song that Alison reminded me about recently. We did a podcast that hopefully will come out soon. And she quoted this song and it's this song. Some of you will know it. I have decided to follow Jesus. Anyone remember this song? No turning back, no turning back. And, and, and there's, a, there's a verse in it where it says, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. I don't know whether you know the background to this song. Let me take you back 150 years into the mid 19th century. And we're in a village in Assam, which is a region of India. And there's a guy called Nok Seng. And Nok Seng and his family have recently become followers of Jesus. And in this part of the world, and it's still like that in that part of the world now, I know because we go to that kind of region and we know what this can be like. A decision to follow Jesus is not only gonna make you unpopular, it's gonna put your life at risk. And Nok Seng one day, it's, he's so much under pressure because the village have turned on him and his family. And, and they not only persecute him, but they get his family together and they say, unless you renounce Jesus, you are all going to die. And Knox saying said, but I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And they killed his children in front of his eyes. And then he said, but the cross is before me and the world is behind me. And so they killed his wife in front of his eyes. And then he said, but I've decided to follow Jesus. And apparently he recited several verses out of the Gospel of John. And as he was doing that, they took his life. They took his life. And then some of the words that he said were taken and made into this song that many of us have sung, okay? Over, over hundreds of years, however long the song has been around in our understanding. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. My question to you is what about you today? What about you? What about you in, in Clibbury? Maybe some of you come to faith recently. Make this decision again. I've decided to follow Jesus. Maybe some of you online, wherever you are, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. We can't please everyone, but we can please God. One of my favourite stories, I'm not sure, you know, the accuracy of it, but it's such a great story. And being a keyboard player and uh, pianist myself, I resonate with this. It's of this kind of, not that I'm this, but a virtuoso keyboard player, young guy, and he's playing a concert in a big hall. And at the end of the concert, he finishes on the piano and he, he walks to the wings of, uh, uh, in the, of the theatre on the stage and everyone's applauding him. They're on their feet. And there's an old fella at the back, stagehand at the back. He says to the young guy, you wanna go and take a bow? I mean, look at that. I mean, they love you. They're applauding you. They're calling your name. They're on their feet. Go take a bow. The young guy said, no, I don't wanna do that. He said, why? I mean, they love you. He said, can you see that little old guy in the balcony? He's not on his feet. He's not applauding. 
And the guy says, that doesn't matter. I mean, look, all the rest are applauding. Why does it matter, that one little old guy? And do you know what he says? That's my teacher. That's my teacher. And in other words, he's, and I'm not saying that God is applauding our performance or anything like that. In other words, he's saying, it doesn't matter to me what everyone else says. What only matters is what He says and what He thinks. And I know I didn't do my best. And so I am living not for the audience of many, but I'm living for an audience of one. And these stories always break down in according to metaphors. I know that. God's not a God who's after your performance. He's not applauding you when you do. It's not like that. The point of the story is this. I am not living for the approval of others. I am living for an audience of one. And so what about you today? I want to invite you, if you're willing and able, to stand with me. And all around this place, close our eyes for a moment. I want to invite you to make a decision today, a choice right now. And it's going to be easy to do it. It's going to be hard to work it out. But let's start with easy, shall we? And then let's figure out hard as we go. So if in this place, in Cleabury, online, if this is you today and you're saying this year, God, I want to choose purpose over popularity, I want you to put your hand in the air. If that's not you and you're not ready for it, that's fine. I want you to put your hand in the air and I want to pray for you. Because I want to pray that God, by His Spirit, will supernaturally empower you when it gets painful. And when it gets like you'd like, oh God, please give me some gas and air. This is painful. Or when you're getting people that are criticising you and saying, why are you bringing that lunch in? Why are you keeping yourself sexually pure? Why are you doing that? What's all that about? You could be more popular if you didn't do it, but you're saying, I don't want to be popular. I want to choose purpose. So Father, I pray that by Your Spirit, You would empower every single one of us right now. And that God, that as we make this choice today, may we make this same choice tomorrow. May we make this same choice next week. May we make this same choice next month and throughout this year, may we choose purpose over popularity because we want to honour You and we look ahead to that reward, to that compensation, that well done, good and faithful servant. That's why we are created on purpose, for a purpose. Help us to turn, to not turn back, but to follow You every single day of the year in Jesus' Name. Amen. And maybe I want to say, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you to make a decision right now. And I want to invite you to make the decision to join us on Alpha. To join us on Alpha. It's not too late. You can sign up. It's tomorrow night. It's Monday the 15th of January. Even if you miss this Monday, you can come next week. The next two or three weeks, there's a window there where you could join us. There's already more people on Alpha than we've ever had on an Alpha course, which is great. But I tell you what, there's space for you. There's space for you. And that could be the best choice and decision you have ever made. As we finish, I would love us to sing a song that we don't sing any, we haven't sung for ages. And within this song is that refrain, I have decided to follow Jesus. And when we get to that bit, I want to invite you, I want to invite you online and in Clibbury, I want to invite you to sing that, not just as a song, but make it your prayer and make it your declaration today. And when we get to the chorus, when it says, Christ is enough for me, he is the reward for my devotion. Let's choose purpose over popularity. Let's sing.